today on Ag News Daily. We were right around 22, 23,000 in attendance. I am already up over 25,000 for the day, so that's 50,000 people in two days to look at nothing but a sea of red attractors. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Today is June 14th? Uh, 16th, I think. Oh, or 15th. Or 16th. Know. I'm off on my days. June 16th. I was way Delaney. off. Why did yeah. I guess 14th? Anyway. Living in the past, man. <laughs> my name is Delaney Howell, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Pearson, and we are live from the National Red Power Roundup here at the Iowa State Fairgrounds in Des Moines. We are indeed, and uh, having some great conversation and meeting some truly enthusiastic Yes. international That's collectors. Yeah, I mean, there are folks down here who have come from, we'll talk on the podcast a little later with uh, one of the planners of this year's Red Power Roundup, but there are people here from, he told us, France. Mm -hmm. There are Australia. people here from Australia, uh, a lot of Canadians, you know, mm -hmm. that figures. You know, you people, you're welcome down in America anytime. <laughs> and um, yeah, all 50 states, I think, just all over the place. And, I heard a lot of Alabama women in the bathroom earlier today. Did you? Or southern accents. I assume Alabama. Okay. Well, they, they did say the Red Power Roundup is going to Alabama next yes, year, so they're probably up here scouting. Right. Very cool. And the lady, we saw one enthusiastic lady who has a Case IH tattoo on the back of now, her Blaney, leg. Now, it was we... just an IH tattoo. Oh, okay. Pre-Case Murder. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah. If you get that on your on your calf, you are a fan of International That's Harvester, right. and they do have the frame of the last IH Scout ever manufactured. They've got that sitting up here, frame engine. I I don't know what the story is. If it they never put the body on it or what, but uh, it looks like it's registered in Carroll County, Iowa. And it's sitting here at the Varied Industries Building at the fair. It's pretty cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Now you come from a red family, don't you, Delaney? Yes, we have. Three red track, two red tractors, and a red manure spreader. Oh, very cool. I think. Very cool. See, I, this is international. I don't have any. I don't have any international equipment. I've got Minneapolis Moline, Alice Chalmers, Kubota, John Deere some equipment, my Baylor and my Moco, but no IH. And I've always been jealous of those international tractors on the tractor ride, <laughs> because those old farm malls can move. Uh -huh. They've got a road gear that can beat almost anything that's out there. So that's what we've been here. We've been here mixing and mingling and, uh, and just generally having a good time. And the weather's perfect, a little hot, a little humid. humid. Build some character. Yeah. And uh, we've also got news in the world of agriculture today, don't we, Delaney? We do have some news in the world of agriculture, Mike. Dow and DuPont's merger has been cleared by the Department of Justice, so they're just one more step closer to sealing the deal on that merger. Okay, one more step closer, and yes. so we've got, say that again, it was U.S. approval? Yes, the Department of Justice. Gotcha. All right, yeah, so yeah, consolidation continues in the ag industry, mm -hmm. and it's interesting you brought that up, Delaney, because we have consolidation in the broader world of uh, the economy. The big story today um, in the, the stock market world was that Amazon, Amazon.com, noted retailer, noted shipper of many things to my front door, uh, courtesy of my lovely bride, um, <laughs> had made an agreement today to buy Whole Foods the expensive organic grocery chain for $13.7 billion, and uh, that, that includes debt. So this is their largest deal 
it's Amazon's largest deal, and it's their biggest move into the brick-and-mortar retail sector. It was reported last year, maybe two years ago, Amazon was looking at starting their own chain of bookstores, which That's seems odd. to be going backwards. Yeah. Because they pretty much drove brick-and-mortar bookstores out of business. But um, now they're making that same move into the grocery industry. And what was interesting was that this deal hammered grocery stocks. It hammered stocks of re, uh, real estate investment trusts who own malls around the country. It hammered European grocery stocks hmm. because now they're concerned the European grocery market is already much tighter than here in the U.S. And... Amazon could continue to make moves into that continent. So this has really shaken a lot of things up. And Amazon's shares uh, in early trading, and, and I'll find the close here in just a second, Amazon's shares were up nine-tenths of a percent. They were at $997.41, and they agreed to buy Whole Foods at 42 bucks a share. So really interesting. This, I'm sure, will be a, a topic of uh, any financial news for the next couple of days. This is a huge merger, huge acquisition, I should say, that will have an impact for those of us in agriculture that have to, at the end of the day, sell stuff to consumers. Do we do That's it in a grocery store or are we going to be buying everything yeah. on the internet, getting it sent uh, by USPS into our house? Yeah, I wonder if they're going to do anything with online grocery shopping and shipping because yeah, the brick and mortar thing does seem like backtracking for Amazon. It, that's that's my take on it as well. It's odd. You know, and I, I remember, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners remember as well, the first couple of years, Amazon, of course, didn't make any profit. And the first time they made a profit, Jeff Bezos, Bezos who owns the company, apologized for being profitable. This what? was way back in the, I suppose, late 90s. Folks could probably correct me a little bit. But, uh, you know, they were shaking things up so much that they were trying to reinvest as much back into the company mm -hmm. that they weren't making money. And then finally one year he made money, and now Amazon is, the, is synonymous with Internet purchasing. Right. And now they're buying grocery stores. Mm. Fascinating. Anyway, what else do you got, Delaney? Okay, well, that, yeah, that was something. Uh, this week, China has signed a deal or a memorandum of understanding between the United States and China and between the Food and Drug Administration more specifically to get U.S. dairy, more U.S. dairy I should say, into China. So they're signing a memorandum of understanding and in that understanding that will increase access for China to more than 200 dairy exporters. So with this new memorandum, um, they're going to have third-party auditors come into processors in the United States and check out their operations, make sure that they're approved and at the standards set by the Chinese government, and really just looking to uh, improve that market. Good. Anything we can get shipped over there? Delaney, you mentioned yesterday the first uh, load of U.S. boxed beef heading to China. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, if we can get more dairy, we saw in 2014 what can happen to the dairy market when China buys aggressively. Right. Dairy went to record prices and stayed there for a year. I know a lot of dairy producers would love to see something similar happen, especially given the other news, I believe you reported yesterday, about the oversupply of milk in this exactly. country and how yeah. uh, dairy farmers are being shut off by the processor. Well, it's interesting, too, because... China is already, well, in 2016, they were already the number th number three single export market behind Mexico and Canada for U.S. dairy. So maybe we'll see them become number one. They sh we shipped 
$384 million worth of dairy products in 2016. To China. To China. And wow. so this is only going to help improve that market. That's what we love to see. And, you know, you mentioned Canada and Mexico, mm -hmm. which, of course are part of NAFTA, the North yes. American Free Trade Agreement. And there was an announcement from the Farm Bureau earlier today that uh, they have detailed their NAFTA renegotiation priorities. And for a lot of people in agriculture, at least a lot of Farm Bureau members, the, the idea is, hey, let's just not lose any ground. You know, we've done very well. We've grown trade from $8.9 billion in 1993 to $38 billion in 2016 with Canada and Mexico. We want to keep seeing that grow. But they did say there are some areas that are worth looking at to update. And uh, they, they quoted biotechnology, sanitary and phytosanitary measures, and geographic indicators, which are the place names that are given to things like Parmesan cheese or... Those other ones. Cheddar. Actually, pretty much any cheese is named after the place where it first came from. And uh, they, they'd like to see that standardized. And uh, they also continued that the, again, we're coming back to Canadian dairy. They'd love to see U.S. egg exports to Canada grow with the modification of Canada's tariff barriers on dairy, poultry, and eggs. Love to see those reduced or eliminated, at least to make it a little more free market in mm -hmm. our trade with Canada. So that's coming from American Farm Bureau. All right. The last big story I have to report on is President Trump's announcement today in Miami, Florida, regarding Cuban trade and travel. He released a statement or had a speech today saying that he wants to go back to pre-Obama mandate uh, which would restrict travel and I think close off all trade from what I understand to Cuba. So no more Cuban cigars, no more Cuban rum. Right. And no more Cuban travel. Is that also a big part of it? Yes. Yeah, so the interesting thing about that was by federal law tourism was already banned so that means you couldn't have big group excursions but individual tourism was allowed under Obama's mandate and now President Trump is going to be reversing that. So I think that means pretty much all, tra um, all travel to Cuba is being shut off. You know, and there was something else interesting in there. And uh, I learned this this morning. I was on AgriTalk's Free For All, and Jim Wiesmeyer was talking. And part of Trump's rollback includes prohibitions from doing business with Cuban companies that are controlled in, in a large part by the military. Hmm. doesn't seem like a big deal. It seems kind of common sense yeah. that, you know, yeah, let's not give the Cuban military, you know, some money. <laughs> but agricultural products that are shipped into Cuba go through the port at Muriel, and that whole port is run by... The military? The Cuban military. Hmm. So how are we going to be able to export any of the egg products that have been allowed into Cuba for a dozen or so your years? Um, how are we going to continue to get them in there if we can't work with the military? That's going to be an interesting hoop to jump through mm -hmm. when we get to that point. Yeah, so just to give a frame of reference, in 2015, the U.S. exported $300 million worth of food to Cuba. Yeah, not a so. huge market on the, the global perspective, you know, $38 billion to right. Canada and Mexico. But at the end of the day, boy, they're close at hand, and you just love to see our neighbors buying what we have to sell. Yep. You know? Well, speaking of buying what we have to sell, Delaney, earlier this week you talked about how the enlist trait uh, from, from uh, Dupe, uh, Dow had been approved by Chinese authorities. 
And not so shockingly, two days after that announcement, Dow AgriSciences announced today that uh, Enlist corn is being launched for planting in 2018. So they are ready to start growing it here and shipping it around the world. So we will be getting um, another mode of action for growers to use out there on the farm. Yeah, one of my questions, well, actually, I didn't have this question. My boyfriend Lane did. He's an agronomy person. Um, is I don't know if I read this anywhere, but have you read is Enlist... Is this corn also approved to be sprayed with herbicides and pesticides? I wasn't sure about that question. I believe it is. I okay. think they've jumped through everything um, because it had to be approved for that before it could be marketed in the U.S. I think we were just waiting on the Chinese the biotechnology itself. office okay. to approve the trade itself. Okay. Yes. Great question, though, and yeah. we'll have to do some double-checking. Folks, if we are wrong, uh, write into us. Let us know. I know we've got some agronomists who tune in. Mm -hmm. If we're mistaken, by all means, I'm not an agronomist. I'm just no, a I'm dummy who feeds some cattle, <laughs> and uh, we need to be clear on the facts. Yep. Well, that's all I've got for news today, Delaney. Yep, that's all I had, too. Do you want to read us today's closing market prices? You know, I, I do, actually. Today, as we get ready for the weekend, we've got, actually, you know what, before I read them, let me update them, make sure I've got the right facts and figures in front of me. And I do. Okay, so let's take a look at the corn market. July corn finished the week up four and a half cents at 384 even. December corn today rose four and a quarter cents to close at 402 even. Hey, Delaney, back over four bucks. New crop corn. Good. All right, of course, not at, not at your local elevator, folks, but at least on the board. So we're making progress. In soybeans, old crop beans to the July contract climbed four and a quarter cents to finish at 9.39 even. November beans up six cents to finish at 9.50. In wheat, we are continuing to push this wheat market a lot higher, uh, basically on the on the, the weakness of the current spring wheat crop. July Chicago wheat climbed 11 and a half cents predominantly on fund buying it closed today at 465 and a quarter december wheat up 12 and a quarter cents closed at 502 and three quarters holy smokes north of five bucks in the wheat market looking at the livestock trade okay mixed markets here in livestock june live cattle dropped 80 cents today closed at 121.70 jeez delaney we've lost 10 bucks here in this past week almost oh 10 gosh. bucks in the front month livestock trade. The August contract did have a nice, uh, well, relatively nice bounce. Climbed 67 and a half cents today to finish at 118, 17 and a half. In feeder cattle, a little more consistency. We're in the green on the, the front month contracts. August feeders climbed 80 cents to finish at 147, 87 and a half. September feeders up 950 to close the day at 147, 350. And in lean hogs, the July lean hog contract climbed at 27.5 cents to finish at 82.32.5. And August lean hogs up 20 cents, closing us at 79.12.5 to start the weekend, Delaney Howe. Now, before we can get to our weekend, we want to have a conversation with the, uh, the co-chair of this year's Red Power Roundup, also the Iowa Chapter 5 president of the International Harvesters Collectors Club. And his name is Brian Holdeman. And... Uh, Let's just throw it over to Brian, hear what he has to say about this year's event. Okay, folks, we are here at the Red Power Roundup in Des Moines. We're joined by Brian Holdeman. Now, Brian, you are the president of Chapter 5, the Iowa chapter of uh, International Enthusiasts. But what else are you? I am also the co-chairman for the Red Power Roundup that is currently going on here in Des Moines and at the Iowa State Fairgrounds. 
Now, the Red Power Roundup is going on. I pulled in here a little while ago, and the parking lot was getting pretty darn near full. Tell us about the attendance so far. Well, yesterday we are anticipating uh, that we were right around 22,000, 23,000 in attendance. And yes, the north parking lot is completely full. We are into the overflow. I am already up over 25,000 for the day. So that's 50,000 people in two days to look at nothing but a sea of red attractors. <laughs> And you were expecting 50,000 people total? Total, and we've still got another day to go tomorrow. Now, what can people expect to see if they make a drive down here to Des Moines to, uh, to check out the Red Power Roundup? What's the coolest thing you've seen so far? Oh, Lord. <laughs> that list would be way too long. We've got over 1,000 International Harvester Farm All tractors here. Anything and everything to do with a tractor, it's here. We've got trucks, engines, high wheelers, Cub Cadets memorabilia galore. We've got deep freezers, milk cans, separators, anything and everything you can think of. If it, if it has the IH label on it, it's here. Brian, how many years has the Red Power Roundup been going on? This is the 28th annual. Okay. This is the fourth time that Iowa's hosted it. Fourth time that Iowa's hosted. Iowa, of course, we've got a lot of farmers that love their tractors. And we've got a long history with International with Farm All Tractors here in the state. Of the thousand tractors or, or exhibits that you've got here, how many do you think are from Iowa? Um, I would say probably maybe half. Okay. So uh, we get a lot of them from out of state. I know for a fact that uh, we've got some individuals that have hauled them from Texas, Florida, California. I mean, they're bringing them in from all over the United States. It's it's not a local event by any means. This is a big deal to a lot of these guys. Yes, it is. They, these individuals that are here, they go to virtually everyone, and this is what they live for. They, they dream for the next Red Power Roundup. And next year's is going to be held? It's in uh, Memphis, Alabama. Okay. Memphis, Alabama. Now, since we're here this year, y you mentioned something that was here, and maybe I'm just showing my ignorance, Brian, but what's a high wheeler? They are basically, if you picture the old horse and buggy, okay, and put a motor in it. So they're, they're cars? They're cars. Oh, yep, okay. They're, they're cars, trucks, the roadsters, but they, they literally look like a the old buggies, because they got the big high wheel buggy wheels, and then they're made as a car to be drove around. Jeez. So it's kind of the the transition between the old horse-drawn buggy and the vehicles. Very cool. And one of the other things that uh, we were talking about was one of the projects, I guess it's a project they're working on in the Varied Industries building. A guy brought in a frame and an engine and wheels for a for an international or Farmall H. Yep. What's he gonna do with it? He, it's gonna be completely assembled on site He's uh, in the process of building it right now, and yes, it came in as it had the tires on it, the frame, and the motor was all that was in it, and when he leaves, he'll drive it out of here complete. And today there's an auction going on. Is that auction just on Friday? Yep, the auction is just today. It's uh, probably not even halfway done yet. Wow. Uh, we're running two full rings to try and get it all in today. Uh, we've also got kids games going on. We've got a kitty uh, pedal tractor pull going on later on this afternoon. We've got a uh, really cool 656 pedal tractor that we're selling that was custom made specifically for this show. Wow. There's only 250 of them made. As well as we've got a uh, Lone Star semi-tractor and trailer that's a scale model that's got little scale model tractors on it. 250 of those is all, and they were made custom for the show as well. Jeez, what's going on tomorrow on the last day of the roundup? Uh, just kind of more of an enjoyment day. Uh, we'll have the parade at 10 o'clock just like we did today. Kids games and stuff will be going on up in the uh, ag building. Other than that, just kind of enjoying the day and wrapping things up tomorrow evening. Walking around, seeing everything, talking to folks. How long have you been involved with uh, with the Red Power Roundup? I started this three years ago. Okay, and 
at an event like this, of course, you got people coming from around the country, and, and we heard some folks speaking French. You got uh, international visitors here. Oh, yes. How much of this is just reconnecting with other collectors, other people passionate about uh, A lot of it. Okay. A lot of it. I would say a majority of that's what it is, because is they're all the international harvester collector enthusiasts, as well as uh, thanks to individuals like yourself and all the other radio stations around doing a lot of very good promotional stuff for us and helping us get the word out. We are seeing a huge amount of individuals that don't even know what international is, but they've heard, they've heard about it and they thought it looked like a good show, and they're just flocking in here. Hence the reason that we're already at 50,000 people in two days. What do you expect to get total then? Oh, I'm not even going to go. I, <laughs> tomorrow will be a little bit slower day. So, What are we missing, Brian? What do you want to tell yeah. us? Oh, it's just a, it's a fun event. It's been, it's been a trip. It's been a fun trip. And it, uh, it's just unbelievable what, what all stuff's out here. Are you, how do you feel about your job as co-chairing this year's roundup coming to an end? Is it a relief or are you sad to see it go? <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both. I mean, it, it, it's been a long road. We've had, we got a lot of work that went into it. So, yeah, I'm going to kind of, kind of hate to see it end, but I'm going to be kind of glad to get back in my own life too. <laughs> It'll be and nice that, to relax, breathe a little bit. Yep. Do you have uh, any IH equipment here? Um, as you know, I have my father-in-law, Ray Cook. Um, He's got 48 of them. He's got his 1256 here that uh, him and his wife Shirley and Lynn and myself, uh, the four of us restored it our, on our own. But you said he had 48? 48 of them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a little um, collection. Just a little, yeah. yeah. Well, Brian, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. Your phone's been going off like crazy. <laughs> we know people want you. We'll let you get going. Thanks again. Thank you very much. Again, a big thank you to Brian for taking the time to talk to us. He had a lot of phone calls that he was getting there during our <laughs> during our interview, but uh, he ran off right as soon as we were done. Yeah, you know, I, I do not envy him one bit no. putting together an event like this. Yeah. Like he said, 50,000 some people. In two days. In two days, right, with yeah. a third day yet to go, a thousand Jeez. tractors, a hundred bajillion different exhibits, everything, and of course... It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And yeah, he was he was running around. Luckily, he had a golf cart with a first aid, aid bag <laughs> in it. He said he he'd had, only had to use it once, so hopefully that luck continues. Yep. One of the things Brian talked about that we thought was just fascinating was the story of the man in the Varied Industries building who brought an international tractor into the fair in pieces, and he's building it here in front of everybody. So Delaney and I, being true investigative journalists. <laughs> we hiked into the air-conditioned uh, Varied Industries building, had a cheeseburger for lunch, it was delicious, and found Mr. Lee Sackett, who was doing this work and uh, had the chance to talk to him. So we're here with Lee Sackett, professional tractor restoration expert. And Lee, you're doing something really cool here at the Red Power Roundup. You brought in an H, and you've got shelves behind you of parts. You've got tables full of parts. All of them look sandblasted and painted. What's the story? So, so we had this idea um, that we would like to bring a tractor and finish the restoration at the show. So, so this actually belongs to a customer in Michigan. They brought us the tractor about a year ago, and and what we've done is we've basically taken the tractor completely apart, done all the mechanical repairs, then sandblasted and painted all the pieces, and then built a rolling chassis and brought all the other parts wrapped in newspaper down here to to do this project and finish it here so 
um, the goal is by the end of today to try to have this thing running. Oh, so really? We, I want to drive it out of here tomorrow. Uh -huh. um, you know, the last day of the show. I'd really like it if I could drive it in the parade tomorrow. Um, if we don't have sheet metal on it, you know, something like that, that's okay. But, but we have a, a kind of a unique business. Um, 15 years ago, 16 years ago, I was working in management um, at a small company in southern Minnesota, and the 9-11 attacks happened and they lost a bunch of orders, so they eliminated my position. So I went out and bought another tractor to restore and sell to make some money while I was looking for a new job and kind of fund my job search. And in the process, two other guys saw that restored tractor and asked me to restore theirs. So a business was born. That's exciting. So, That's really neat. Yeah. So you have two locations? Yep. So we started out just out of our, we have a four-acre hobby farm. At, um, it's between Owatonna and Albert Lee, Minnesota. Ellendale is our closest town. And my wife and I worked on it together. She works in the school district, so she was available in the summer to help. But um, then we started hiring employees, and now today we have 19 employees. Um, the, the location in Minnesota is an old International Harvester dealership, so we have information and tools and equipment from the 1940s to today. So when you bought that dealership, did it come with at least some inventory yep. or parts manuals and everything? Yeah, every, Fascinating. every manual for anything that International has ever built. And, and so then I had already been building a, a stock of other brand stuff and so we really do all brands okay. and and we kind of change the color of our hat or shirt depending on what show we're at um, but we do a lot of John Deere stuff and, and we also do corporate stuff so we've done things for John Deere corporate for their museums um, and the Donaldson company the air filter company they have a little bull tractor in their lobby that's beautiful um, and that's something we restored for them and we've done a whole bunch of work for the Toro company they've been around for over a hundred years so we have some of their with some pretty unique machines yes. going back to their like weird tractor days yeah. with the car yeah. tires on them and yep yeah yep. so we've restored several of those pieces for those guys as well and, and a haggy sprayer in Clarion Iowa we did a very early haggy for those guys and stuff have you ever done a setup like this at a trade show or we, at a farm we show? have um, We've done several. Uh, we did actually back many years, several years ago when the Red Power Roundup was in Albert Lee, Minnesota, we put a McCormick 1020 okay. together there. And that was real close to our, our home. And uh, so we we had the opportunity to do it there. Um, we've been to the other Red Power Roundups and I just felt like, you know, this one being between our two locations now uh, was just a perfect place, yeah. So Lee, before we let you go, how can folks get a hold of you if they're interested in getting a tractor restored, or is there a wait list? There, we because of our size, we're pretty agile that way. And if if somebody has something that you know is coming up, or we've we've actually been put under the gun for somebody that was maybe not going to be around much longer, okay. things like that, um, we do have a backlog, but it's you know within a year or a little more typically. Um, you know, some things, if it's really rare, can take a lot longer than that. If we have to make castings for something or whatever, there's parts of that process that can be really extensive. But but we have a website. It's www.leejsackett.com. So just L-E-E, -E, the letter J, S-A-C-K-E-T-T.com. Um, and then our phone number in Minnesota is 507-477-3454. 
and the Decatur City, Iowa shop is uh, 515-446-3200. <laughs> you on the spot there. Yeah. Just Google, folks, if, if you want to be double sure, but there we go. you got Decatur City, you got Albert Lee, Minnesota, a lot of places. And if you come to the Red Power Roundup tomorrow, you'll still be here. Absolutely. And hopefully with a running tractor and time for the parade. That's right. All right. Well, Lee, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. And good luck. It looks like you've got an army of crew here working. And Thank you. You're going to make it? Yeah, I think we're going to be fine. It's been nice to meet you guys. Again, that was Lee Sackett, who you know, like many great business owners, kind of started his business when he was in a time of turmoil. I think Mike and I can account to that. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely relatable, and uh, what a nice guy. Yeah, he was. I mean, he's down here with, I, I didn't three count. Kids, I think. Yeah, at least or three four, kids, maybe. and a number of his staff is down yeah. here. They're working on that age. They're, they're talking and carrying on with farmers coming by. I heard a number of people ask about different bushings in the, uh, the front-end steering assembly, mm -hmm. and they took the time to get off the tractor and Oh, you know, here's what we got. You can buy me. And I, I don't know the first thing about mechanics. Yeah. I just know how to break stuff. But um, it's just, just really cool. It's neat to see that kind of camaraderie at an event like this. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you get with, with tractor people. Or just ag people in general. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. You get it at livestock shows. Yeah, at the state fairs. You get it in a lot of different places. Well, Delaney, this brings us to the end of the week. What are we doing next week? Do we know yet? We've got a few things cooking. Of course, Monday will be dedicated to the market, and we are talking to one of our regular analysts, Angie Setzer. Ooh, the goddess yes, of grain on right. Twitter. And Tuesday, we are going to be talking to Steve Hilker of Hilker Trucking. He just recently came back from his trip to Washington, D.C., and they had the chance to talk with, it sounds like, quite a few Congress people and government agencies about electronic logging books. So we will pick up that story that we talked about a couple months ago, see what has changed, and then we will continue to comb the world of agriculture to come up with more news and more things that impact your business in this industry. And of course, we'd encourage all of you to check out our website at agnewsdaily.com. Let us know what you'd like to hear more of, what you'd like to hear less of, <laughs> and uh, rate and review us on iTunes. That helps other people find us, and it helps us know what we could be doing better. So with that, folks, we want to wish you all a fantastic weekend. And Delaney, should we let the people go? Let's let them go.